It's 110 days since I started my year off drinking. Tell you what, more importantly, it's over 50 since I've been to the pub. But both of these things will end. Welcome to Wet and Dry, a podcast about sobriety, midlife crisis, male drinking culture, pubs and friendship. I'm Matt and I'm a depressed wet today. And I'm Jeff, and I am dry since the last episode. Tell me why, Matt. I know we've got more important things in life. There are very old people, there's economies crashing, but you know I'm a shallow type of lad, yeah? And last night, Boris came on, he gave his kind of speech, and pubs were in stage three. I mean, maybe, maybe in July, a maybe, a hopeful maybe, they will open if they've got a garden that's big enough to have people 87 metres apart and one parent can come, but not the other one. We're not going to the pub for a long time. I think this is bad news for your CV day celebrations. <laughs> I don't foresee a day when... Boris comes out in front of number 10 and says, hey, guys, pubs are open. First one's on me. I don't see that happening. You know what the really strange thing is? I, you know, I follow the news like we all do, and I understand the, the real big issues with it all. But in my head, that's exactly what you just said is what I had. Boris was going to go, and at the end... Everyone were in the boozer. <laughs> and when he didn't, I was just I was like, come on, Boris, say it. Imagine the cheer you'll get. I know the R will be up to 400, but you'll get a good cheer. <laughs> but we're not, we're not going back, Jeff, are we? No. It gets even worse because I saw a piece in the paper the other day that suggested when we eventually are allowed to go back to the pubs, there'll be some kind of voucher system so you'll only be allowed to get a couple of drinks and that's so that you don't spend all day in there and because i think they're worried that just everybody's going to go to the pub right and and you sent that to me yeah so there's a few things on this first of all i presume you'll be selling me your voucher <laughs> uh, we haven't discussed a price because you don't need them <laughs> This is good news for non-drinkers, I'm telling you. Can you imagine how much you'd sell a drinks voucher for? Oh, I mean, it will be the hottest ticket in town. It'll be like a Glastonbury ticket. I'd pay you anything for it. <laughs> Can I make just one point on this? Because you sent me that article through and I was, I was looking at it. If we're going into rationing, we need to put some sort of background on this. I think I said to you before, when Spurs got to the European Cup final, could anybody who's just had a passing interest in Spurs buy a ticket? Could they, Jeff? No. How was it done? So only people who, you know, season ticket holders, people who've been to a lot of the games that season, you accrue points. And if you've been to enough games, then you can apply for a ticket to go to the final. Exactly. And you have just explained my view on the rationing to drink. So it's People who drink on a Sunday and mon Monday night, Tuesday night, we get more points because that's not just the <laughs> Friday drink when everyone's around. If you just have a drink at the Christmas party or birthday, bottom of the list. If we're going to ration, they need to reward the people who have put the time in supporting pubs. People like me who go Monday night or Wednesday night, who turn up when it's raining in January on a cold day in Stoke to the pub. I need to be above them. I mean... I just want to get one thing clear here. Are you allowing key workers to go above you on this list? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm happy to clap them. 
I'm happy to clap them. <laughs> but on this point, I, I'm not putting them above me. I'm sorry. You get your clap Thursday. I hope you get the biggest pay rise anyone's ever seen after this. And people treat you with the utmost respect and treat you like the heroes you are. But you ain't going above me on the pub list. I am sorry if that makes me the most hated man in England. I believe the drinkers who have dedicated their time will be with me on this. Key workers just below me and my ilk. <laughs> and as a non-drinker, am I invited? I mean, you're massively down the list. You're interesting, right? You you would normally be so far down the list that it wouldn't be worth you coming in. However, you have spent a lot of the time drinking in a pub with me. So you've got to look at your past. Your current level is poor, but your past <laughs> level, do you have enough credit to come for a non-alcoholic drink with me? However, you must give me some of your tokens. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> so my season ticket from the 2015-16 season still counts to something, does it? Yeah. I mean, you've done, you know, like we did with Spurs, me and you saw the FA Cup replay. Oh, on a very cold January evening. <laughs> that And you've done that equivalent in the Rosen Crown with me, like on a Tuesday night in February. You've got your points in. You're non-drinker for about five or six years. Don't even come to the beer garden. Stay at home, even if you are a nurse. People will have questions. So I just want to preempt a few. So uh, you're in. I'm in. That old yep. couple always sat in the corner. I presume they're in. They're always there. The old couple where the guy helps to go to the loo and... Yeah, yeah that's it. They're, they're, they're definitely in. in. Okay. The nurse who's too busy and usually on a night shift and doesn't get to the pub very often, but, but just wants to come out and celebrate the end of the virus. She's not invited. I mean, we've all got to make sacrifices. <laughs> it's a cruel world we're in nowadays. They're second. They come in behind heaven drinkers. <laughs> I'm going to be the most hated man in England, aren't I now? <laughs> well, I think this is a good point for me to point out that if you would like to get in contact with Wet and Dry Podcast, please use the contact form on our website. <laughs> Look forward to reading those on a future episode. I did say they deserve a massive pay rise. Huge respect. I'm clapping them every week and I want them to get a great holiday wherever they want paid for. I want all that for But them. get behind me in the queue for the pub. Just behind me at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I think we've cleared that up. Although there is some better news being positive about this. Is there? This might be the last episode we have to do on Zoom. Of course, they've changed the meeting rules, haven't they? So you can now meet one-on-one -on -one as long as you do it outside and you're socially distanced. So we can record this in the park? Oh, yeah. I've got a long stick with a microphone on the end of it. I can come and stand opposite you. <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> do I have to do press-ups, pretend to do press-ups, why? Or are we allowed just to sit? No, that's okay. We, we can sunbathe together and do it. <laughs> just like the old days. <laughs> this is good because the region are selling beer from a tap. You can order it a takeaway, go in, you get a four-pint jug, so it tastes like proper beer. Can I... Go and get a proper pub beer while looking at you rather than the 47 hours it takes us to set this up and record. Can we do that? There's a bit of me that wants to check the local bylaws on drinking in the park. But theoretically, yes, all those dreams we've had about sitting on a park bench during the day and drinking, they might finally oh, come it. true. We're doing it, definitely. That is good news. I have to go back to the region and the, the four pints because I don't think I've ever seen you <laughs> as excited as you were 
on Saturday <laughs> when you posted a picture of the A board outside the region that just had the words, <laughs> we're open. I mean, it was twofold because... I walked up and I saw that and I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't put, we're open just for takeaways or we're open for food. The door was open with a we're open. I'm already excited. I go and look. It's clear it's takeaways. It's clear they're doing that. I posted it on our WhatsApp group. And then one of our friends, Martin, says the cyclist, which is around the corner, is packed. And I had to what? You mean it's open? Alas, it wasn't. It was for the same thing. I mean, I was literally getting my shoes on to run down there. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? And, and I know the cyclist, because it's only been open a few months, but they are now selling boxes of eggs and you can grab a, a pint wonderful. to take away while you're there. I've, I've been, when Boris said that last night, I thought, you know what? I've got to, I'm going to have to transition. Like he's moved on to phase two. My phase one was not really drinking at home, waiting for the pub to come. My phase two is a transition into I've got to make the best of this. So my idea now is buy a four pint, a pool beer from a pub, maybe buy a kebab, have it delivered to my house and then walk up and down the street with it. So I feel like I'm walking home. It's going to be stuff like that for me moving forward. So we should move on to our guest. Of course. Again, this is someone that we recorded last week because we're, we're really out of sync with these podcasts because I've been stupidly busy in the last few weeks. I haven't. We, <laughs> you haven't. We're squeezing these in around other stuff. We're squeezing these in around your stuff. I'm really sorry. So we recorded Chris one evening a couple of weeks ago and I just finished a day of recording interviews with other people uh, and we did this right at the end of the day. We all had a non-alcoholic drink in hand, but explain to me how you and Chris know each other. <laughs> okay, so I've known Chris for years. Chris was worked in media with me. Very successful man. Was the uh, UK managing director of Spotify, commercial director of Microsoft, worked in some other big companies. He is a very tall man. He's at six foot nine, I believe. A real presence in the pub. Did stand-up comedy, would do huge big events for media and, and whole court in a pub. And one day, a few years back, he decided he was going to stop drinking. Now, that was unusual because this is a guy who was successful who decided not to drink. But he was someone who was very, very much part of the pub culture, the, the my culture, the, you know, we met Bruce last time. That was built around a pub. Now, he's two years on, and I kind of was interested to see, because there's some alternate realities for you moving forward, aren't there? There's different ways this can move on. One of them is maybe like Chris. One of them is, you know, when you're drinking a little bit. Another one is if you spend too much time with Bruce, who did the last episode, you're just back drinking fruit-based cocktails in the day. So I thought it would be interesting to see someone who I felt was one of the alternative realities that you could have. And Chris, I knew, because he's such a great guy, would be an exceptional guest to have on a podcast because he is he is a bon viveur and a great raconteur. Well, I think that'll do by way of introduction. So, well, let's hear our chat with Chris from last week. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure. It's a real, uh, real honour. I've been listening uh, probably about four episodes in now and I'm very much enjoying it. It feels like listening to my past 
and that's not a place I ever thought I'd want to listen to, but uh, you're making it more enjoyable. And Jeff, how are you feeling? Do you know what? I'm okay, although this is, I, I was going to say, this is like a visitation from the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> oh, well, you're, I yeah. think you're just me further down the line, aren't you, Chris? Uh, the reason I said, how are you feeling, is a, a good friend of mine had given up booze, and I didn't realise, I just pumped into him one night in a Soho house. I was on my way to the bathroom, and I bumped into him, and I said, oh, God, we haven't been out for ages. And he said, oh, I've given up booze, and this is before I had. And I just thought, oh, okay, great. Anyway, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'll see you later. I didn't think more of it. Anyway, about a month later, I texted him, because I decided, and I texted him, said, oh, guess what? I've decided to give up booze. And he just instantly replied back, how are you feeling? And I thought... There's quite a lot in that. <laughs> um, that's not just a, so I had a call and it turned out, you know, this guy had had lots of issues that I was totally unaware of. And so then you had this really perverse conversation where you're trying to go, oh, no, no, I'm not like you. No, 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 no. Like, this is all totally different. But yeah, so that's why I, that's why I say, how are you feeling? <laughs> what a loaded question. <laughs> Mine's a mini midlife crisis. And just because I turned 40. And it's quite good for a podcast. Those are my reasons. What's yeah. behind your not drinking, Chris? Uh, well, so it was two years ago. So I don't think I had a particularly difficult relationship with alcohol. Although I think once you've made the decision to give up, a bit like anything, I look at the world as two types of people and it's pretty simplistic. There are people, you know, a big night out like Matt and I have had a million times before. Many, many, Half many. Half those people will go home in the cab or the tube home and be thinking, oh God, did I make an idiot of myself? Did I say something awful? Do they hate me? Do they think I'm an idiot? And the other half of the people will sit there and go, I thought he was an idiot. I thought she was an idiot. I didn't like him and I didn't like her. And I was really one of the former. So there was definitely something about booze that it kind of took away what I think was probably some low-lying anxiety, but also with a hangover, it made me feel 100 times worse. So I'm a bit older than you, Jeff. I turned 50 in November. You look very good on it. Very attractive, very man. Excellent lighting. I've been working on the setup here for about <laughs> eight hours. Um, and I had a big night out with a friend who Matt will know. And there were three things that were sort of typical of a night out for me. One would be, in order to negotiate at home, I'll say I'll be home at 11, knowing full well I'm not going to be home at 11. But I decide to stop answering the phone because I think, do I have the argument now or do I just have it in the morning? So there was that. Jeff's nodding sagely like we he's walked a mile in those <laughs> shoes. I mean, I absolutely know Matt has. <laughs> There's lots of men nodding right now with headphones yeah, on listening right. to this. Going, oh yeah, so oh yeah. It was that sort of level. I'd probably go out once a fortnight, I reckon, on a sort of decent sized night. Wouldn't really drink much at home. Kate and I, my wife would have, we'd probably have a bottle of wine Friday, bottle of wine Saturday, but nothing much. I know, Matt, you don't really drink at home, do you? No. So there was that. So every time I did have a big night, there'd be arguments the next day. Plus, as the older I got, when I turned about 45, it became very apparent to me that a hangover went from sort of one day to three days, almost like on the nose. And you just think, I really can't cope. And it kind of coincided with me taking a different route in work into a different industry in education where I wasn't like the subject matter expert anymore. And so working with a hangover was just unbearable. But mostly it was sort of trying to prove to my missus that I could do it. You know, if we're going to have this argument all the time, oh, I'm, not, I'm just going to give up. And so I went, oh, I'm just going to give up. I think I'll give up till Christmas. But in my head, I just thought I'll do three months, I reckon. Like, make it look like I've given it a Was it a case of I'm just going to see how it goes, fully expecting to go back into maybe slightly different, but the old ways that we all did? I honestly hadn't given it that much thought. 
it was more a reaction to, I feel terrible. I've got four, so I've got loads of kids as well. I've got two little ones. And, you know, with a hangover, your rubbish dad, there's a sense of sort of my own mortality as well. So there's all of that stuff going on, sort of existential angst, as well as I'm in the middle of an argument with the missus and I have to try and get the moral high ground again. So the moral high ground is right, I'm going to give up booze then. I think I just said Christmas because that felt like the right period. We're in April, I'll do till the end of the year. But in my head, I thought there's no chance. I'll just do a period of time. But very quickly, it was like a switch had gone off. And I wasn't at all expecting it. Now, I jokingly always say to people, I'm definitely not a born again Christian where it comes to booze. I'm not a sort of reformed drinker. I don't recommend it to anyone because it is quite dull. And Jeff, you're... (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> what are you drinking there, by the way, Chris? Sorry, what are you drinking? I'm drinking. Um, I don't, I'm not. I'm not paid for this placement. I'm drinking. What well, I, I think, Steedlip are the main sort of leader in non-alcoholic spirits. This is a, a, a something called Atopia, which is basically like tonic water. I've also got two of my third favourite non-alcoholic beers. What are they? These are Free Dam. Yeah, I've tried that. That's good. Yeah, that's all right. Number two, I, th- I think it's not one of your favourites, Matt, but actually, interestingly, is available quite a lot of boozers on draft now. It's Heineken Zero Zero. Which is sort of the default go-to for pubs. If they have to stock one beer, it's usually Heineken Zero. It is now. For you, Johnny, come lately, you're okay. <laughs> two years ago, the default beer was Bex Blue, which is enough <laughs> to send you to an early grave. And Brewdog, sort of funky hipster, you know, brewery, Used to have the worst one by a mile, which was Nanny State. But they just recently, Christmas, brought out the best one by a mile, which is called Punk AF. I didn't want to be left out, yeah, because Jeff always has a non-alcoholic. You've got a non-alcoholic beer now, Jeff? I do. I've got an Adnams ghost chip. Yeah, nice choice. I, I've got a Bitburger 0%, Chris, just in your honour. I'm going to have a go of it now. Have you had this before? Yeah, so very much the staple in corner shops or unbranded convenience stores. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get into it. Let's have a look. It's got an odd taste to it. That's quite that's quite an odd taste, that is. So on the last episode, I had a delivery of Adnams. Is that the ghost ship? That's the ghost ship. Uh, and there's another one that I've been drinking. I can't remember the name of right now. Um, but minimum delivery uh, was like 75 quid's worth, I think. Uh, <laughs> Which actually, non-alcoholic beer is about four bottles. <laughs> well, you could get a crate of Bitburger for a fiver, and that tipped me over the yeah. minimum spend. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so I've got a few of those going, actually, Matt. I dropped off a little delivery of non-alcoholic beer to Matt earlier, so this is, oh, this is one of them. Uh, um, so you were going to do three months. Yeah, but again, that was a sort of arbitrary figure. It was kind of, I think, I'm, it was, I'm going to do... A long period of time, but I think deep down inside, I'll end up doing a much shorter period than that. So it's a bit like, um, you know, I want to do the shortest period that feels like a long time. How long into that was it before you went, actually, I think I might be onto something here? A couple of weeks in, probably my second night out, it just seemed okay not to drink. As long as there was a non-alcoholic beer. If I went to a pub that didn't have a non-alcoholic beer, I think I'd be leaving pretty soon. And not because I enjoy them, because I always say even the Punk AF, which is my favourite non-alcoholic beer, wouldn't be in your top 200 beers. But as long as there was something like that that I could drink that signalled I was doing something different, uh, I was all right. 
but to this day, I don't know why it happened. It could simply be I was just ready to give up. This is poor, this beer, by the way. This is poor. This isn't one of the better ones. Is this not one of the better ones? No. no. It, it's poor. I, I'm going to switch to a Peroni full alcohol. Sorry, boys. Carry on. No, I, I, I get it. I, I really do. Chris, so many questions because you are that bit further ahead of me. Are you completely sober or are you an occasional drinker? Do you have a label for yourself? I don't identify as anything. I'm very much pan drinker, I think. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't drunk. I haven't drunk at all. I always said never say never. There are no medical, psychological or physical reasons why I can't drink. I still, certainly in lockdown, I've been fantasizing about my post-lockdown first night out. And I've said it's quite a lot. I might fall off the wagon. But I, I think the truth is I quite like talking about it. I wonder whether I'd be a bit scared to do it now. I've sort of come so far that no, it would feel pointless having done it for two years to start drinking now, I think. There are times, yeah, when um, people say to me, I'm giving up drinking. And those people, they don't really drink, yeah? They, they don't go to the pub. They'll say, I'm not drinking in January. And it'll be somebody who, like, has two yeah. pints, maybe. in the You know, they'll come to the pub and have a half. And it doesn't really mean much. I'm like, I mean, come on, yeah, okay, you're giving up drinking. We were pub goers. Yeah. We were at our best in a pub and that sounds weird but it's true you are one of life's storytellers raconteurs that pub setup was where you where you were in your glory few pints in holding court making people laugh so when you gave up this is what i wanted to ask you do you miss that can you replicate that how did that feel? Because you are someone who loved the pub. You are someone who was good in a pub. Yeah. That's the thing. You were great in a pub. The way I would answer that is if the first time I'd gone back to a pub or a bar and I felt like I couldn't get on with it in there, there is probably a chance I wouldn't have stuck to it. The point of drinking a non-alcoholic beer, I mean, it was obviously a placebo, but it was a signal that I was doing something different. Like, I would never dream of being at home at midday on a Tuesday and opening a non-alcoholic beer. And I wouldn't really sit at home watching, you know, whatever latest depressing TV drama where a child has been murdered. Happens a lot, that now, doesn't it? They always murder children now. I hate it. That's all, all there is. I mean, to be fair, there's too many of them. So, you know, I'm all for the cold. Um, so I'm just talking about my own family. Um, so I think, the, to your point, Matt, is I think if the first couple of nights I've gone out to a bar or a club or a pub and I couldn't feel comfortable in there, there is a chance I wouldn't have done it. But actually, for some reason, and it was it's a purely personal thing. I don't think there are any tricks. I've definitely got no tips or tricks as to how to do it. It just, I was all right doing it. I mean, I, I've definitely smoked a lot more <laughs> at the time. Because I think, in my head, I was thinking, you've got to have some vices. Um, <laughs> Can't go totally clean. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. If I wasn't able to do that, if I'd have felt uncomfortable in those environments. Now, to be clear, there are some enormously important things that I would do that involve booze that are definitely changed for good now. And I pity my missus a little bit, because one of the biggest things, one of the greatest things in my life is going out for dinner obviously particularly pertinent at the moment. But for my life, I've been a big foodie and love going out for dinner. But going out for dinner would be a couple of gin and tonics and get the first bottle of wine and then sit around and have two or three courses and then probably a bottle of wine after and maybe a cocktail. But now for me, 
you know, the moment the last mouthful of steak's going down, I'm saying to the missus, should we get going? And she's like, well, I might have another glass of wine. And I'm like, well, okay, but I might go because none of that preamble around a meal is the same as it used to be. So that's definitely changed. The other thing I remember, about four weeks after I'd decided to give up, we were going on holiday, just with the two little ones. We were going to some all-inclusive place in Greece. And it was one of those places, you know, that had sort of four different restaurants and babysitting on hand and all that stuff. And amazingly, as it turned out, I had non-alcoholic beer. But my missus said to me, and my missus is one of the great dinner party drinkers as well. You know, she introduced me to Jägerbombs. So she's <laughs> like, she's got... She's got good form in this area. I mean, now she's a mum or two. That's not quite the same. But, but she said to me, uh, you're going to drink on holiday, aren't you? And part of me was like, well, well, no, because that would be pointless. But a, but a huge part of me was, well, if no one else can have fun, Bobby, why am I going to let you have fun, Bobby? No, no, I'm not going to drink. So we went on our holiday. And this is the really interesting thing. First night, you know, had a great day. I know, Matt, your big one on the you know, your favourite beers, definitely didn't have the beer around the pool at four o'clock just as you're beginning to pack up all the inflatables. And It's a great beer, isn't it? You're, it's a superb beer. I can promise you Amstel Zero Zero is, does not replicate that beer around the pool. But, <laughs> but I think in my mind, I'd always thought that people got drunk after about five pints, two. So we would go... We'd you know, pack up the night, get the babysitter, get the kids down, and then we'd go for dinner. We'd start off in the, in the hotel bar. Mrs. would have one or two large gin and tonics. I'd have a couple of non-alcoholic beers. All very pleasant watching the sunset. Very nice. And then we'd walk to whichever restaurant we were going to. And by the time we got there, the voice was all a bit louder and it was all a bit more frantic. And, you, and I was thinking, oh, my God. I'd never noticed that before <laughs> after two beers. <laughs> And I say it, so I say it, so, and that's not, and my missus is a good drinker. And that is, I mean, Jeff, you've obviously been out on some big nights with Matt. More than one. I mean, Matt, Matt, and you, I couldn't love Matt more dearly, but Matt at his best is almost unbearable. <laughs> you know what? The worst, the worst thing I've had recently is I, I don't mind if I start at the moment with me not drinking and Matt still drinking. If we arrive at the pub at the same time, oh, good. It's, it's all okay. If I arrive an hour in, I may as well just go. Oh, game over. I mean, and, I, and I'm definitely, I was definitely one of those guys as well, right? We have. Jeff, you won't know. Well, I think I've spoken to you about this before, is that we have, uh, Bruce is on it too, who was on the last podcast. We have a um, yeah. club called the OCCs, which meets every Christmas, uh, starts in a pub and goes all the way through. Chris sits through a whole afternoon of me and my brother once described this thing. It's like having 50 show-offs in a room all going, listen to me, listen to me. No, listen to me. Chris sits through this over. That must be dreadful. No, do you know what? When it's with people that you love and people that are fun. So I have this thing. I have to be attracted to, so be clear, I'm very heterosexual. But I am attracted <laughs> to men and women who are funny. The flip side of that is, I struggle to build any form of relationship with people that I don't find amusing in some way. There's got to be something about them. And that group that you refer to, Matt, and I can only imagine you're like this, Jeff, if you're mates with Matt. And so I'm going to include you in my wider Venn diagram of friends. Um, I can deal with it because 
you're all funny. I mean, to be clear, it's not enjoyable, but I, you know, I go through it because because you're all funny people. But what has changed again? I'm talking about sort of frequent social things that have changed. Is the works do has changed. Also, like I'm 49, so I'm not the young exec desperate to get hammered at the bar at a works do. I would approach them differently anyway. But a great example, I've been in a reasonably new job for a while. We had our Christmas do actually on the night of the general election. And I was up in Manchester for it. And it's a massive, big, you guys have been to several of these things, big, opulent, kind of Baroque style party, free flowing booze. Loads of people like my, you know, the guys who I work closely with, I know a bit, but much bigger organisation. I don't know any of them, really. Those sort of things were my bread and butter. I love that. I love. And the good night is not a good night unless I've gone through five or six different groups of people I don't know. Hour. <laughs> it was an hour I could do. Really? You, you left after an hour? Yeah. Part of it was I wanted to watch the election result, but also part of it was, I mean, for a start, they're all smashed. Champagne and beer on tap, and it's all great. Quite right, it's Christmas. Everyone's enjoying themselves. But there was a big part of me that was, this is just a different experience. I'm not going to have that shared experience of we're getting smashed up tonight and friendships are going to be made and bonds will be set that are going to I just wasn't going to be part of that this is the question I guess I asked both of you there is in a pub and at an event that shared experience of getting smashed together getting drunk together and you do build these bonds and you take these stories for me if I was giving up that's what I would miss you know I can tell 20 stories with Chris that we've been drunk and we've had stories. You know, I come back to that day me and you, Jeff, spent the day watching the rugby, ended up drinking a ridiculous amount of booze, just the two of us. You two have chosen to move away from that. Does that not eat at you and say, I don't get that anymore? That's not going to happen anymore. I'm asking it to both of you. (laughs) If the fact that I don't drink booze was the first thing on my mind going into every situation, I'm not sure I'd ever go to anything. But it isn't. And I hate wanting to think about societal norms and peer pressure. But but the fact that I don't drink bothers you an awful lot more than it bothers me. So as you just said, I'll go out and have that night. And actually, my contribution to that night, I hope, isn't that different necessarily. It's a bit like lockdown. The reason lockdown is driving so many people crazy, and I feel like one of them, is that we don't know when it's going to end. So if I'd gone into this thinking I'm giving up booze forever, I think all of those things would be in my mind the whole time. And I don't think I ever did think about it like that. It just sort of happened. And by the way, I might have a glass of wine tomorrow. Who knows? But if I thought I couldn't go to a boozer, because my shared experience with you and I, or the three of us, our shared experience would be different, then I think that would be heartbreaking. Where it is different is, obviously, Matt, you and I haven't seen each other for probably since Christmas, I guess. Uh, and we occasionally bump into each other on the common and whatever. But yeah. um, with people that I go out with all the time, it isn't even discussed anymore, which is sort of a nice level of normalcy. It's people that I see fairly frequently, but not all the time, where the first hour of every conversation, well, every time I meet them, they say, are you still off the booze? And you go, yeah. And they go, well done. That's amazing. And I go, well, don't, 
I'm, I'm not doing it for any reason. I just decided to do it. It's not a big thing. Don't celebrate it. It's actually a brilliant talking point to strength. It's, it's, it's interesting with you, Chris, too, is that actually when you, when we do the OCCs, no one really talks about you not drinking. It's just accepted, I guess. Yeah, and I think, um, sorry, I'm just cracking open the first of my freedoms. So I'll probably <laughs> go to the bathroom 19 times now. <laughs> By the way, and Jeff, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but there is no one less interested in talking about me not drinking than me. Yeah. Like, obviously, in this environment, it's great. You know, Matt knows this. I attempted, very badly attempted stand-up many years ago. But I feel like now, with about non-drinking, I've got my type five. <laughs> I've got my club 20. <laughs> and I can, you know, I can drag it out. I can riff an impro up to about 50 minutes on it. But I can sort of talk about it for a bit and then get out of it pretty quickly. Um, and I don't think it just defines me anymore. Everyone who did drink... And I'm a big thing of there are certain drinks which are better than other drinks. Mm -hmm. Which is the drink that you miss the most? Now, I'm not saying you'll go back to it at all. Just what was your favourite drink? What's the one, the one little drink you think, yeah, I do miss that one. Like the vegetarian who misses bacon. There's a ton of them. In at number three would be walking into a slightly poncy West End bar. It's probably midway through an evening. And I'd either have a Soho mule, which is kind of vodka, ginger syrup and that, or I'd go to a bar, there's a particular restaurant in Knightsbridge that I drink in quite a lot, it's got a really cool bar, and I'd quite regularly go up to the bar, it makes me sound like a massive prick, so apologies for this, but I'd regularly go up to the bar and say, give me something vodka-y, fruity, you know, something like that, and they just make something with berries in so I, I miss that sort of thing because I just wouldn't dream of saying, could I just have a mocktail with some berries in there? Um, but white yeah. wine was really my drink. White wine is, it is so funny enough, I've never really been a lager drinker. No. White wine was my drink. So I was out for drinks with two pals um, that I used to work with about probably a year ago now. They both got a fair amount of dough. We were sat at the bar and I just got my nanny state or heineken zeros or whatever it was and they just ordered a bottle of um uh montrachet uh which is a very expensive white wine it's one of my favorites and as the cork came out and i just got a whiff of it i thought that would yeah that would be quite nice uh, and but the, the thing that i really miss because it started being very prevalent in loads of restaurants and bars about three months before i i, I gave up booze was there was a white wine from Longadoc from the Longadoc region called pickpool which I'd never seen anywhere, and then suddenly was everywhere. Oh, Jeff's nodding. Jeff's nodding. Yeah. It's really reasonable. It's really reasonable. And I, we used to drink gallons of pickle, and I, I missed that. And the other one, I must just get in there, because uh, you both live around here. The Majestic Own Label Chardonnay, called Definition Chardonnay, is mind-blowing. And we had just bought 12 bottles of it when I gave up booze. And so oh, my missus banged through all of that. Um, so yeah, I do know. I know what my first drink would be if I decided to have a drink one night, and it would be a glass of Merceau or a glass of Montrachet, a bottle of rosé on the rooftop somewhere in the summer. Sorry, that's the other one. Uh, a Cote de Provence, very pale rosé. The paler, the better. The colder, the better. This is basically a podcast where we've got you on to talk about a bit in advance of Jeff of not drinking. The last five minutes have been the best selling of white wine and rosé <laughs> and the reason to drink that we've had of anybody. Jeff, you're not editing that bit out. It's absolutely brilliant. Now continue with that answer. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I, listen, I'm lucky enough that I've had some brilliant nights with 
that booze have played a big part in and I, and I wouldn't miss any of them for the world it, it kind of become it makes you who you are it, you don't feel anything like as cool or as compelling going uh yeah i'll have uh, four gin and tonics please two pints of amstel we'll have a bottle of rosé please and uh what's your non-alcoholic beer i'll have, <laughs> I'll have one of those um but it works for me like i said right at the beginning i think the biggest thing is if I went into every situation thinking, Christ, I don't drink anymore, I think life would have been really hard. Um, but I, like I said right at the beginning, like, it, it felt like a switch had gone off, and I don't, for, can't for the life of me think why. But yeah, like, you know, I've still got my five drink drinks. You know, I've still got blood coursing through my veins. And I, I feel like that's the point where we say cheers, isn't it? I'd like to make one recommendation before we do. Given the three of us are local, very soon, as soon as we're out of lockdown, Pano, you're allowed to bring one drinking friend. Okay. We'll do, a, we'll do a four ball for a night in a local boozer. Jeff and I not drinking, you two drinking, and we will ask a third party to tell us who the funniest group are. <laughs> I love this challenge. I lo- and then we're going to come back on here and, and give the response to the nation. I we'll know film it. We'll film, the, we'll film it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Matt has anyway, this fantasy Chris. where I drink for the evening and we record it and we play it for everybody to hear how hilarious we are. And I just keep saying, you know we're nowhere near as hilarious as we think we are drunk, don't you? I've, I've never been out with you, Jeff, so I don't know what you're like drunk, but I guarantee you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, anyway, I, I look forward note. to our foursome once we're out of this, but um, stay safe. And, yeah. uh, cheers, Chris. Thank, thank you cheers. very much, guys. I enjoyed that. Cheers.